Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebig Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about the leaky homes land banking strategy. And this comes because we are today joined once again by Kyle from Informed Property Inspections. And just as we've been sitting here having a chit chat, Kyle mentioned the leaky homes land banking strategy. And I'm like, talk to me about this, Kyle. I want to know exactly what this is about. Because it does seem almost like a bit of a juxtaposition there, a bit of a paradox that there is a property investment strategy still around leaky homes. What is that, Kyle? Yeah, so I've had a number of clients over the years who actually look at the location of the site more so than the house on it. And if they pick the right location, quite often you can find the wrong house. So they're finding homes that most people wouldn't actually be interested in. And therefore, you can actually get that postal code that you're chasing a wee bit cheaper than what most people normally would. But there's associated risks, so you've got to sort of balance all of that up. And it was amazing. An example I always give is up in Auckland, I like to run around Paratai Drive. It's very inspirational <laughs> and aspirational, most expensive street in the country. And it amazes me as I'm running down there that for a long time, it's just been rebuilt. There has been a house there that is clearly leaking. You can see the mould and the mildew and you can see the leaks from the outside. And I was just thinking, why has somebody left this beautiful piece of land with this terrible house on it? And I imagine that now that it's being rebuilt, it probably was either a land banking strategy or somebody who just wanted the piece of land and then was going to build a lovely home on it for themselves later on. Yes, yeah, certainly. But also years back, before the banks did a heap of due diligence around this, they used to simply go, right, the valuation from the council or government valuation is sitting at, say, oh, 800000 1.2, 1.5, wherever it sat. And then people would simply loan against the equity. Yeah. So if you had that house that was essentially ready for a bulldozer and you did that, you've only got a bare section. And that bare section is probably only worth 600, 800, maybe a mil. So you've cut yourself out of all this potential investment money. So that's what a lot of people were doing. They were simply holding on to a derelict old house that was really not habitable and land banking. But you can do the same now on similar scenarios if you're willing to take on some of the risk, and it can get you into some of those good areas. Now, you were saying before, though, Andrew, before we hit record, that this potentially isn't as available now in terms of lending or borrowing against leaky homes because the banks have caught up to this. Yes, yes, and different banks have different rules around this. ASB seem to be the first to kind of cotton on to the risks involved with this. And my guess is that probably one day they discovered that they had a security that had been compromised and they had a big loan against it and called that in and so changed their policy. And so in their letters of offers, it has that if you own a property, certain circa 2004, they want a bit more information. And if it looks and smells like a leaky home, you're going to get a low percentage on it because of these risks. And there are a lot of cases where banks might not even lend on it other than land value because of that very reason that that's all it's kind of worth. And you're talking about having a lower LVR against Correct. a property that may be leaky in the end. Absolutely. Yeah, very true. And I think one of the important things to note with a leaky home, if it's got the ability to become leaky it will become leaky at some stage. So you just have to keep that maintenance level up to try and defer that for as long as possible because it is at risk. Yeah, and you've also got the on-sale that if you actually fall into a position where you need to sell, you're highly compromised and exposed to some pretty serious risk. Yeah, if a leaky home goes onto the market, a leaky home mortgagee sale is probably going for less than what it's worth. Yeah, and that's when people pick up the really good postage stamps and they get good land value purchase because sometimes I've had clients purchasing below land value 
because I've factored in the demolition cost. Yeah. And if you were wanting to build in that area anyway, it's the best purchase you could probably make. So in terms of if someone has got a leaky home, what can they do to actually fix it? The first thing you need to do is go through your thermal imaging and so forth and possibly some invasive testing. And with that, you're going to work out how bad things are. And everything's got a price. Everything can be sold. It's all relative to how far things need to be repaired. But uh, if you've got a leak, get onto it straight away. The longer you leave it, the more it's going to cost. Yes. But the big thing is almost all of the work on a leaky home is notifiable work to council because you're altering the exterior cladding. And as soon as you start chopping into the exterior cladding, you are liable for further investigation from council. And they can walk in there and simply open up that can of worms further. Yeah, and Ed and I were just talking off here about this. So leaky homes are one of the high-risk investments that I haven't got involved in yet because of the involvement of the council. So when I was doing a lot of work in earthquake-damaged houses, that was because I could go in there and subject to the repairs that I need to do falling outside of what would require a council consent, I'd get stuck in and do it. And then you get a sign-off from a builder and you get your insurance and you're away. And so there wasn't this massive delay with the council who go through everything with a fine-tooth comb because they don't want situations like leaky homes. And if you are doing something like that, not only do you have to notify the council, but you also have to notify your bank because anything that you do to their security property, I compromise it by removing a wall or, or changing the cladding in this case, it does breach your security agreement if you don't notify them of that. And if they cotton on to it, they might call in your loan. And if you don't have the $450,000 to pay them, you're going to have some trouble. But you've certainly met people, even if you haven't done it yourself, Andrew, and would I be right in thinking, who have made significant gains from fixing up leaky homes? Yes. Now, I was saying to Ed before, I think it's been 50-50, I think, just plucking a number out of the air, of people who have been successful in actually making good money out of these type of products. And actually, I just think of one investor that I'd worked with, and their company specialised in this. So obviously, they were in the opportune industry to be able to make make the most money. On the flip side, you've also got those people that think, oh yeah, I can do this. I'm an engineer. And then all of a sudden they get stuck in and it's cost them 400000 and only added $200,000 worth of value. Now, if it's your owner-occupied property, you might not be so interested in the bottom line. I would be still, but they might not be. But if it's an investment, that's where you just have to consider things like downtime. So time with the council, the repair work, when you're not getting an income coming in from the property potentially, the money on the loan that you're going to be drawing down, getting bigger and bigger. And then, of course, the interest that needs to be paid on that. There's quite a bit to consider. But then certainly as well, if you are following a land banking strategy, you've got a lot of cash available to put into this sort of strategy. That's where you might consider, after doing a lot of research and really thinking this through, investing in some known leaky homes and really bargaining down that price in order to do that. Yeah. Have you seen many people make quite a bit of money off them, Kyle, yourself? I have seen a lot of risk and I've seen a lot of trouble. Yes, yes. I haven't actually seen the profits at the other side, (laughs) Yeah. but I do know it's out there for the right person, but it's probably a risk too far for me. That's been true for me as well, despite being involved in some you know, yeah. h- highly risky investment opportunities with property. I think that goes one step too far because, as you pointed out before, some of them can be just okay, and then some of them can be really, really badly damaged, and sometimes you don't discover all of this. I don't know that the thermal imaging was around when I started looking at them. We were just doing the invasive testing, and as you point out in a former episode, you might get one spot that's okay and then find that actually another spot is pretty significant. Yeah, very true. And just lastly, before we wrap up, I often think about leaky homes primarily in Auckland, but just before we hit record, you were talking about a section 
of leaky homes out in Rolleston, which is a satellite city outside of, or satellite town outside of Christchurch. Yeah, so, but it's not limited to Rolleston. There are certain pockets, and it's all to do with the age of development because we all love to follow trends. So you race out to any subdivision that was sort of built in that 1990s rush, in the sort of heyday of quick developments. And you go into Northwood, you go into other yeah, areas Northwood, of Christchurch. That's exactly what I was thinking. And you're going to find some. It doesn't mean they're bad because a lot of homes were actually built at quite a high level and a lot of them have got good ground clearance. They've got suffetes, eaves, overhangs. So you've got to sort of look at it house by house, case by case. Not everyone leaks. And there's also like a risk matrix that we can assess on the house as to the likelihood of a leak. And that all comes down to the design and the features on the house. So the more elaborate the design, the more complex the shape, there's a high chance you're going to find a wee leak somewhere. And actually, just one area that I've noticed is particularly risky for investors is Wellington, just because of the harsh weather elements there. One of my investors that owns an apartment there, whilst the property isn't built with something that would be considered high risk, because of the way it's positioned on the hill, they get such aggressive wind and rain being forced into gaps as becoming leaky, even when it's not built with these leaky home materials. Yeah, you get upside-down rain. Yeah. Like that. It literally <laughs> yeah. goes up, hits the suffete, yeah. and then tracks across the house. Yeah. yeah, So even hill properties in Christchurch can do that. Wow. It's not limited to any set area. Yes. It's really to do with the, the sort of localised areas. Mother there. nature. Yeah. How fascinating. And Kyle, look, just before we wrap up, I do want to say thank you on behalf of myself and Andrew and also all of the listeners at home for coming on and talking about property inspections. And I know you guys do a great job and informed property inspections as well at doing this. And Andrew, you guys have used Kyle and his company Absolutely. for quite, quite yeah. a bit as well. So we really appreciate you coming on. And I'm sure if you're up for it, we'll have you back as well, because this is some fascinating stuff here. Good as gold. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a podcast topic or some other guests you might like us to have on the show, flick us a text. Our number is 5522. So whip out your phone. That comes straight through to Andrew and I, and we'll always text you back. We really do want to make this the best show about property investment possible or imaginable. And a big part of us being able to do that is when you guys tell us exactly what you're after. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Send us a text, 5522. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 